Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the- Welcome back. Moving right along into Course in Miracles podcast episode 72 and Course in Miracles lesson 72. So uh, certainly aware of a few of you who have been following along faithfully. Apologies again on Lesson 69, in which I uploaded Lesson 68 twice. Hopefully I didn't lose any, um, I didn't lose your trust as a listener. There will be mistakes. I really, I knew that if I was releasing every day that I would inevitably make mistakes. And strategically, it's just um, best to record in bulk that's what most podcasters do or what a lot of podcasters do if it can be done. And I knew that inevitably I would make mistakes and that these things would happen. And that is where trusting in the course comes into play and trusting in God comes into play and resting in Resting, knowing that I did my best and I did my best and it didn't work out perfectly and being okay with that. That's sort of where my karma is or my yoga is, like my growth edge, right, is knowing that there would be mistakes and doing the thing anyway because perfectionism paralyzes uh, a lot of people. So um, it's very easy to get caught up in perfectionism and then not take any action. So thanks again for Anton. Uh, thanks again to Anton for sending me that message, notifying me of that, and I trust that you will do that again in the future. Mary, thank you to you as well for notifying me of that, um, along with the other glitches. Sometimes it can be really stressful when you get multiple people notifying you about glitches, and sometimes there's nothing I can do about it, like Spotify, for instance that I have absolutely no control over that, and I have no control over how things go with the hosting company. But I have shown up, and so I'm just going to trust in the universe, and as should you. It's kind of like when people, when people take the 12 steps and they, they're just placing their trust in God to an extent that they never imagined that they would, and very literal miracles result from that sort of thing or that sort of orientation. So I'm going to jump right in now to lesson 72. This is one of my favorite lessons in the entire course. So we're sort of on the, I talked earlier about the, I refer to them as the holy lessons, which happen, the holy lessons are in the mid thirties, I believe. And then there are the God is lessons. God is the strength in which I trust. God is the love in which I forgive. God is the, what's the other one? God is the strength in which I trust. God is the love in which I forgive. God is the, I can't remember. Uh, Go back through the queue and figure it out. But uh, these are kind of like the grievance lessons. Lesson, Lesson 70, 71, 72, 69, 68. We are in the grievance lessons. We also had the happiness lessons. Happiness is lessons before that. So those are just my terms. Those are not official Course in Miracles. Uh, Those are not Course in Miracles approved terms. Those are just terms I came up with. Come up with your own terms, but this is one of my my favorite lessons. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. So 
my salvation comes for me. Now, lesson, that was lesson 70. Lesson 71, only God's plan for salvation will work. And holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. So they're all numbered very precisely and in specific orders. While we have recognized that the ego's plan for salvation is the opposite of God's, we have not yet emphasized that it is an active attack on his plan and a deliberate attempt to destroy it. I'm going to read that again. While we have recognized that the ego's plan for salvation is the opposite of God's, we have not yet emphasized that it is an active attack on his plan and a, de- on his plan and a deliberate attempt to destroy it. So the ego wants to kill God, in other words. In the attack, God is assigned the attributes which are actually associated with the ego, while the ego appears to take on the attributes of God. So this would be sort of the, the, the God of the Old Testament, the punishing God, the fire and brimstone God, the God that sent floods and locusts and pestilence and everything uh, to the people who are not obeying him. Sodom and Gomorrah, that God. Jesus is a different God or a different expression of God, um, the forgiving God. The ego's fundamental wish is to replace God. In fact, the ego is the physical embodiment of that wish, for it is that wish that seems to surround the mind with a body, keeping it separate and alone and unable to reach other minds except through the body that was made to imprison it. The limit on communication cannot be the best means to expand communication. Yet the ego would have you believe that it is. Although the attempt to keep the limitation that a body would, Im- would impose is obvious here, it is perhaps not so apparent why holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. But let us consider the kinds of things you are apt to hold grievances for. Are they not always associated with something a body does? A person says something you do not like. He does something that displeases you. He, quote, betrays his hostile thoughts in his, be- in his behavior. You are not dealing here with what a person is. On the contrary, you are exclusively concerned with what he does in a body. You are doing more than failing to help in freeing him from the body's limitations. I'm going to read that again. You are doing more than failing to help him in freeing him from the body's limitations. You are actively trying to hold, hold him to it by confusing it with him and judging them as one. Herein is God attacked, for if his son is only a body, so must he be as well. A creator wholly unlike his creation is inconceivable. If God is a body, what must his plan for salvation be? What could it be but death? In trying to present himself as the author of life and not of death, he is a liar and a deceiver, full of false promises and offering illusions in place of truth. The body's apparent reality makes this view of God quite convincing. In fact, if the body were real, it would be difficult indeed to escape this conclusion. And every grievance that you hold insists that the body is real. It overlooks entirely what your brother is. It reinforces your belief that he is a body and condemns it, him for it. And it asserts that his salvation must be death, projecting his attack onto God and holding him responsible for it. This is that sort of like punk rock Course in Miracles stuff. 
to this carefully prepared arena where angry animals seek for prey and mercy cannot enter. The ego comes to save you. God made you a body very well. Let us accept this and be glad. As a body, do not let yourself be deprived of what the body offers. Take the little you can get. God gave you nothing. The body is your only savior. It is the death of God and your salvation. So just think about if that's a little heady or a little hard to grasp, just think about you know, the, the needs of the body, the way that you relate to your body, the fact that you believe that you are a body, the, the body's drives that sometimes get you into trouble or get perhaps many of us into trouble, um, the body's thoughts, the body's, the associated thoughts that come as the result of feeling we need to preserve or protect the body, etc. This is the universal belief of the world you see. Some hate the body and try to hurt and humiliate it. Others love the body and try to glorify and exalt it. But while the body stands at the center of your concept of yourself, you are attacking God's plan for salvation and holding your grievances against him and his creation that you may not hear the voice of truth and welcome it as friend." Your chosen savior takes his place instead. It is your friend. He is your enemy. We will try today, we will try today to stop these senseless attacks on salvation. We will try to welcome it instead. Your upside-down perception has been ruinous to your peace of mind. You have seen yourself in a body and the truth outside you locked away from your awareness by the body's limitations. Now we are going to try to see this differently. The light of truth is in us, where it was placed by God. It is the body that is outside us and is not our concern. To be without a body is to be in our natural state. I'll read that again. To be without a body is to be in our natural state. To recognize the light of truth in us is to recognize ourselves as we are. To see ourselves as separate from the body is to end the attack on God's plan for salvation and to accept it instead. And wherever his plan is accepted, it is accomplished already. Our goal in the longer practice periods today is to become aware that God's plan for salvation has already been accomplished in us. So this is two 10 to 15 minute practice periods that you, uh, if you're doing it, if you're doing it uh, in the most effective way, you'll plan out at what times you will do this each day. To achieve this goal, we must replace attack with acceptance. As long as we attack it, we cannot understand what God's plan for us is. We are therefore attacking what we do not recognize. Now we are going to try to lay judgment aside and ask what God's plan for us is. What is salvation, Father? I do not know. Tell me that I may understand. That's the italicized section, like the prayer. Then we will wait in quiet for his answer. We have attacked God's plan for salvation without waiting to hear what it is. We have shouted our grievances so loudly that we have not listened to his voice. We have used our grievances to close our eyes and stop our ears. Now we would see and hear and learn. What is salvation, Father? Ask and you will be answered. Seek and you will find. We are no longer asking the ego what salvation is and where to find it. So that would be in things outside of us, like I've mentioned in the last few episodes, Tesla, money, sex, etc. We are asking it of truth. We are asking it of truth. 
Be certain then that the answer will be true because of whom you ask. So you're asking for the truth. You're asking for God to tell you the truth. And because you are asking for God to tell you to tell you the truth, you are likely to get the truth. Whenever you feel your confidence wane and your hope of success flicker and go out, repeat your question and your request, remembering that you are asking of the infinite creator of infinity who created you like himself, the infinite creator of infinity. That is a cool definition of God. What is salvation, Father? I do not know. Tell me that I may understand. He will answer, be determined to hear. One or perhaps two shorter practice periods an hour will be enough for today since they will be somewhat longer than usual. These exercises should begin with this. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. Let me accept it instead. What is salvation, Father? Then wait a minute or so in silence, preferably with your eyes closed, and listen for his answer. So we're doing a lot of listening to God. I have heard it said that prayer is talking to God and listening, or meditation is listening to God. So we are, we are fine-tuning our listening. And you, I don't know about you, but you, know, you start to hear, very often God will tell you something that you don't want to hear. You know, very often God will um, tell you, Marianne talks about this in one of her YouTube videos, like, the Holy Spirit is telling me to go to Chicago or move to Chicago. And you, you don't know why. You have no idea why God is telling you to move to Chicago. Or you're trying to decide between two people, um, uh, two uh, places to live. And you're getting an answer and you don't really like the answer that you're getting. Um, but you are reluctant to do the thing that you are being led or called to do. Uh, very often things work out amazingly well when we listen to the voice of God. Um, not, to, um, not to belabor this, but it was like checking into the detox center that I dragged my poor dying body into uh, almost 16 years ago now um, was very, it was pretty much literally the last thing that I wanted to do. Um, I did not want to sweat out the withdrawals. I did not want to curl up in the fetal position and not sleep for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine days, whatever it was. It's probably more like four or five, but still. Um, that was my, my, my ego, my ego's plan for salvation basically involved doing all of the drugs that I could get my hands on until I died. That was what I wanted. That was what my ego wanted. Right, so I can sit in this sort of a in this particular practice. What is salvation, Father? I do not know. Sort of understanding the example, the drastic example that my ego provided me to prove to me that I don't know what salvation is. Tell me that I may understand. Right, so you're just going to sit there. This first two ten to fifteen minute practice periods I've mentioned. Uh, already or before that I've been setting my timer for 10 minutes and then going well beyond 10 minutes, at least in my morning meditation, or my morning practice, and it's amazing. Um, so you're just going to sit, and the goal in this longer practice period is to become aware that God's plan for salvation has already been 
accomplished, right? So we are therefore attacking what we do not recognize. Now we are going to lay judgment aside and ask what God's plan is for us. So you're just going to sit there with your eyes closed, set the timer on your phone, sort of get centered, and then what is salvation, Father? I do not know. Tell me that I may understand. And then you wait quietly for his answer. So we have been attacking God's plan for salvation without waiting to hear what it is. And so, you know, the language of this particular episode is uh, pretty, it's pretty tricky. There's kind of a lot going on, but the last thing you want to do is to let the confusion that comes perhaps, or that results from trying to ingest it all and to trying to make it all make sense. The last thing that you want to do is to let that uh, headiness, that sort of intellectual aspect of the Course in Miracles, that challenging sort of, uh, what's, the, what's the word? The, 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 the part of the Course that really makes you think. The last thing that you want to do is uh, let that get in, in the way of just sitting down and doing what the lesson instructs you to do, which in this case is you're just going to ask, what is salvation, Father? I do, not I do not know. Tell me that I may understand. And you're just going to listen for his answer. And you might be blown away at what, uh, what you hear. Sometimes you just... You just, you never know. You never know how, how God might speak to you. You might realize that God has been speaking to you for a very long time. The day that I finally checked myself into rehab, um, I could tell that God had been whispering in my ear for some time, if not screaming, right? God had to lock me up a couple of times to get me to finally hear him. And when I did, when I finally heard him, I was kind of like, oh, I get it. You've been there all along. And unfortunately, that's how it often goes for many of us, but hopefully this course will prevent you having to take any drastic measures in your life to, uh, to reduce the, the level of destruction that you are incurring or have incurred or whatever. Anyway, thanks again. Appreciate you all. God bless each and every one of you. Lesson 72, holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. Have a beautiful night or day rather. Talk to you soon. Bye.